Hi, my name is Cassie Lachine and I'm the children's pastor here at Union Chapel. Um, I'm so excited to be here this morning just because I love seeing all of the kids, all of the youth here joining us today. It's such a great, great thing to see children worshiping God and, and youth. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about what we did as a children's serve this year. Um, during the weekend services, normally I'm in charge of the um, infants to the fifth grade, and then I also help with all of that during serve, um, and specifically with the second to fifth graders. So serve at Union Chapel is not just for the older kids, obviously, um, the youth and the adults. We teach the little ones about it too. We are firm believers that when you start teaching children at a young age, um, they're more likely to take it with them when they get older. Um, just imagine the impact that it can make on, on their lives and our community if you start at such a young age. So during Serve, we offer several different options for the kids. We have childcare for the little ones who, whose parents are serving, um, and that starts, we had, the youngest was five weeks old this year. And so even in that childcare, we were teaching kids what it meant to serve um, Jesus. And so those kids were making art projects and paintings to send to the nursing homes. We had some one-year-olds who washed windows, and they also um, used feather dusters around the church. Our older elementary kids, the second to fifth graders, they also served around the church, uh, participated in classes. That was actually our music class down here who had been learning those songs throughout the week. And they went out into the community and sang those as well. So we are intentional about what we want the kids to learn. And we use the same scripture and theme throughout the week with all, everyone, all of the kids and the adults. Um, our theme this year is Let Love Come to Life. I led the children's surf portion, like I said, the second to fifth graders, and I asked them several times through the week, what is love and how is that word similar to the word serve? How are they alike? We use this verse to teach them that. From Ephesians 5, verses 1 and 2. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and offered him, and gave himself up for us as his fragrant I'm sorry, as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So what does love mean? And this is what we talked about with the kids. We use the word love to express emotion or how we feel about someone or something. So some of the things that we can say we love are that we love ice cream, we love Legos, we love to read, we love candy, we love sports. Um, some of the people that we say that we love are our moms, dads, brothers, sisters, grandma, grandpa, wife, husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, the list goes on. So we say we love people and things to express our emotion, but my point to them was this. When we say we love people, um, we don't always like them necessarily. Our siblings, our spouses, um, there are times when we don't like them or we don't like what they're doing, but that doesn't mean that we don't love them. And so I really wanted them to understand what love was and how that pertained to service. Our verse says, walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us. And so how did Christ love us? He loved us so much that he served and he gave and he worked alongside the people who were lost and, and dirty. He loved us so much that he gave his life for us. Jesus is asking us to love other people the way he loved us. And so that means that we need to help people even when they aren't helping us. 
We need to care about people who are hurting us. We need to serve people even when we don't think it's any fun. So love is putting other, others above ourselves and their needs before our own. So that's what love is, and when we love and serve people in that way, we are serving Jesus. On Thursday, we did an activity with our children, and we encouraged them and challenged them to think of someone who had never, who didn't know Christ or um, someone who didn't go to church, and we wanted them to pick that person and pray for them, and we gave them glow sticks to do this activity, and we had them write their names on this glow stick, and then we, we sang a song and we prayed, and they lifted their glow sticks in the air, um, and then after that was over, I challenged them to go home and share the word of the word, the word of God with them, to share Jesus with them, to serve them in such a way that they would see Christ in them. Um, after that, we allowed the kids to go to the back to pray, to accept Christ into their heart, to rededicate their lives um, to God. And that was such a powerful moment to see second to fifth graders doing that. Um, and I have someone here today. Her name is Alexandra Rogers, and she would love to come up and share her story with you. She will be in the fifth grade this year, um, and she participated in SERVE. So, Let's give her a hand. Hi, my name is Alexandra Rogers. Today, I'm going to tell you exactly what serve means to me. Serve is a time for me to reach out and develop a sense of humility and enjoy the wonders of God in our city. During this week, I make a long-lasting friends, young and old. I also enjoy the many activities available. My, one of my favorites is music class with Miss Christine Cartwright. It's awesome to watch people come alive with music. Sir, and I don't think Serve could happen without our leaders, and so I want to thank them too. Every year on the first day, one of the most memorable, memorable things for me is Pastor Greg's Simon Says Game. <laughs> and. It's always lots of fun. That is part of serve, definitely for me. And serve has it's helped me become more selfless. And I have learned that the world isn't black and white or up or down because God made it with colors, messy and beautiful. And I have asked God into my heart for the first time with the help of Miss Cassie. And so this year. We What exactly what serve means to me. Thank you, Alexandra. That is that makes it worth it to me to spend the entire week here and to put months and months into planning this when when a child like that comes forward and proclaim, proclaims her love for Christ. So my challenge for you today is this. Think of someone that doesn't know God that you know and live your life in such a way that they will see Christ in you and they will want to have him in their lives as well. Thank you. I would like to introduce Paul Erminger, our associate 180 pastor, to talk about the youth. Thank you. As Cassie mentioned, my name is Paul Erminger. I'm the 180 associate pastor here which means I work primarily with middle school. That's my main focus. And usually when I meet someone for the first time and they ask me about my job and they find out that I work with middle school, they, they, there's usually a comment like this. It, it takes a special kind of person to work with middle school students. 
which I understand is the most polite way possible to say, there is something wrong with you. Um, and June 14th, just recently here, was the 10-year anniversary of me starting full-time pastoral youth ministry. So I've been crazy for a long time, and I've been at this for a long time, and I've been loving it for a long time, so I'm, I'm okay with my insanity. I've become very accustomed to it. And to look back on that, that, those first few months, those first years in youth ministry, as I was just beginning out, I began to feel a certain frustration. Because I had gone to Bible college, I had learned, okay, here's the things you need to teach a student, here's the biblical laws they should know, here's the verses they should be able to recite, and I was teaching those things, and, you know, throwing all, these are all the ways you live for God at the students, and lives weren't really changing. Kids were still making stupid mistakes, and it pushed me into this process of asking God some questions and saying, God, you know, how is it that you change a life? Because I'm just teaching these truths to these kids. I'm teaching your word, but, but for some reason things aren't changing. What, what is the process? So I began searching out scripture, and I even began kind of searching out my life. How did life change happen in me? Because the real motivating factor for me getting in youth ministry was that when I was 17 years old and coming from a family that was broken and not growing up in the church, not knowing Jesus through my, my early years, when I met Jesus at 17, when someone taught me the truth of showed me what God was really like, and my heart fell in love with God, oh man, everything changed. And God's power entered my life and broke addictions and broke habits and changed my entire direction in life when I met Jesus in a real way. And so I was asking God, how does this happen? And the answer that I discovered in that time is pretty well recorded in Ephesians 5.1. And, and Cassie mentioned this. This is the theme verse we use throughout Serve. And on Monday and Tuesday night during Serve, we, we taught on these first two parts that I'm going to read to you. Follow God's example, therefore as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us. If you're not quick on it, you might miss the motivation for life change that, that is recorded within that verse. Let me show it to you one more time. Follow God's example, Therefore, as dearly loved children. How is it that God wants to motivate you to follow his will? It's, it's not by just learning the rules. I, I've, I've tried that. I've seen that. I've tried to teach that before. That's not how lives change. How does God want you to follow him? He's saying, follow my example as dearly loved children, not as disobedient children. He doesn't want you to follow his will as a child who's disobedient and has to be dragged by the collar. He doesn't want you to follow his will as a slave who just has to be forced and beaten into following what he says, not as a paid laborer who has to be bribed with something, but he says, follow my example as dearly loved children. If you think of a child that's close with its parent and just tries to do the things that they do, if you've seen the young kid putting on dad's hat and trying to be dad, I have little daughters who like to walk around in our shoes and pretend to be us. It's that picture that you would be so close with your heavenly father that your heart would line up with his heart and follow the pattern that he set for you. And that pattern is not just something to be thought of, but as the verse says, and walk in the way of love. That pattern that we learn from our heavenly father, that way of living that Jesus put into flesh for us, that we would take it on and it would be part of our walk, part of the way that we presented ourselves to the people around us, to the strangers who don't know a thing about us, but they see the way that we react to situations, that they see love coming out of all the things that we do. 
And that's how we follow God. We walk in the way of love as Christ loved us. And when we talk about how Christ loved us, the fact that he lived a perfect and sin, sinless life to pay for us on the cross, to pay for our sin, to show you his love. Jesus went to the cross to show us his love, to bring us to life, and to change our life. There is power in what Jesus did for us on the cross. There is power that will come into our life when we turn our heart towards God and not towards an idea of following rules, not towards an idea of holiness, but towards God himself and allowing our heart to fall in love with him. And then his spirit comes to life in us and creates change. And this is what we talked about on Monday and Tuesday night with our students. And to, to just sort of encapsulate this with a story that, that re happened recently, you know, the picture of saying, okay, what, does, what was it like that Christ loved us? It was like the story about a mom that, that was in the news recently. You might have read it. A, a lady named Christina Samos. She was asleep in, in her apartment building on the second story when all of a sudden she was awoken by the smell of smoke. And she dashed out of her bed to get to her 18-month-old Cameron's room and ran and scooped him up. And as she began surveying her options to get out, she realized that the normal door was not an option. Fire was blocking the way. There was only one way out of her apartment building. And in the interviews afterwards, she said she didn't even have to think about the choice. She pulled Cameron close to her chest. She kissed him on the cheek, said, I love you. And then she jumped out the window, clutching her child to her chest, absorbing all the impact of the fall herself. And young 18-month-old Cameron only had a little bruise. She broke her back in the fall. But she, she said in the interviews, there wasn't even a choice. I'd do the same thing if I had to again. And God is not calling us to jump out of a window. What he's saying is, I've already done that for you. He's saying, I took the fall for you. I took the punishment for you to provide your safety, to provide your way to heaven. That's the way that Christ loved us. A sacrificial love that would do anything to rescue and he says, love like that. And on Tuesday night, which was a powerful night for our youth, God was setting youth free. We, we engaged them with this question. You know, there, there's a step. And I, I imagine for Christina in that moment where she was giving a picture of Christ's love to the world with the way that she loved her child, that first step towards the window, there had to be some sort of, you know, this is the commitment point. That when I take this next step, I understand there's going to be consequences, there's going to be changes. And in our faith, a lot of times there's a step that feels like that. And we challenge our students to take that step. If it's to take your first step in faith, to do that. If it was to give God that addiction or that habit that's been plaguing you, take that step. Bring it before God and give it over to Him. And I'm going to tell you, that night God's Spirit just broke out and he was doing work and setting students free and setting them in new directions. And it was exciting to see. And you're going to hear a story from a student in just a second about what he was doing during serve. But I wonder even for you today, if you were to survey your life, is there a step that you know is right before you? That you need to take and you understand there might be consequences for taking it, but you know you need to trust God with this thing or this person or this addiction. And I wonder if God's even tapping you right now saying, take that step. God is faithful. He'll see you through it. He'll walk with you through it. And when we walk in obedience to him, his blessings always come.
And to hear a story about taking that step and hearing the voice of God, I'm going to bring up to the stage Garrett Craig. Garrett, will you come join me? Will you join me in welcoming Garrett? Hi, as Paul said, I'm Garrett Craig, and I will share a little bit about my experience with Serve this year. This year of Serve was the most touching for me so far. I participated in Serve for several years, and this year I got the most out of it compared to prior years. As I look back on this past week, there are two defining moments that stand out to me as the most touching. The first moment was at the experience on Monday night. We had all just part participated in amazing worship together, and immediately after that we began part two of the experience. The whole building was dark, and with our teams we left the auditorium in silence. Within our teams we progressed to different areas of the building and heard the testimonies of missionaries throughout the world. At the very first testimony, I felt God's presence. The man testifying to us talked about Central Asia and the persecution of Christianity in the area. While he was talking and for the rest of the night, thoughts of my future flowed through my mind, and I knew missions would somehow be involved in my life. Now my next step in this area is to act upon it and somehow get involved to try to find my calling. The second moment that stands out to me is the time that we split into prayer groups of three to four people of the same gender on Tuesday night. In this group, we all confessed our struggles in life, and it was very relieving for all of us. We were all, we were all open with one another, one another and realized that no matter where you are in your walk with Christ, you will encounter struggles, but it's how you handle your struggles that really matters. In our time together, my friends and I felt very united and refreshed. Together, we grew closer to God and closer to one another. And as time goes on, I will continue to pray for them in their own personal struggles. Moving forward in life, I'm going to pursue the calling that God has placed on my heart. And every day that I will live, I'll try to glorify him in everything I do. Thank you. All right. Amen. God's at work. It's awesome, awesome testimonies. Now we're going to bring Jeff Hughes, our 180 pastor, to the stage to tell you a little bit more about you, sir. everyone. It's great to see you. As Paul mentioned, my name is Jeff Hughes, and I serve as a 180 pastor. I also direct our serve planning team. This year was our 13th annual serve week. What an amazing adventure this has been. In 2002, uh, we started serve with 35 youth that decided, hey, you know what? Let's sleep on the floor for a week. Let's not shower for a whole week. Let's go out and serve a bunch of people. We'll make some hamburgers, hot dogs, go have some fun. Uh, we can plug in with a couple agencies in town. We'll serve Blood and Fire and a couple other places, and it'll be great. And on, on Friday, we'll invite all of our parents. We'll cook some hot dogs, and we'll have this little party. And let's host it in the parking lot. All right. So now, uh, in, in 2014, our 13th annual uh, serve included over 300 participants from ages 3 to 19 and over 200 adults that served in leadership. And I, I, just, I just want to just pause and just say a huge thank you for no matter the role that you served, it seems that every single person participated in some way. Our prayer team, our, our team leaders praying for us, uh, going out and leading projects in many, many ways. It seems that every single person served in some way during this week, inviting people to the party in the parking lot, and we're just so grateful for that. As you've heard Pastors Cassie and Paul mention, our theme verse is Ephesians 5, 1, and 2, and we put that into action this week by asking God to breathe his life into every single one of us. 
We wanted God to breathe into every participant and every leader. How many of you know it's a great thing when God breathes his life into you? That's a great thing. And through this week, sometimes we needed spiritual mouth-to-mouth resuscitation where God would breathe his life into us and so we could go out into our city with his great love. You know, what I've found is, is when you do this, when you ask God to truly breathe his life into you, sometimes you don't really know what that's going to look like. Our team leaders, our students really had to go all out this week just to surrender to God and to ask him to breathe his life into them so they could be the love of Jesus to those all over our city. You know, you may not know what's going to happen when you surrender your life to God in this way, but I want to encourage you to do that here this morning, to say before the end of the service, God, breathe your life into me so I can share the love of Jesus with those that I encounter. You know, Serve Week is not about five days a year. It's about a lifestyle that we live as a church, loving our community, loving our neighbors, and being the hands and feet of Jesus. You may not know what's going to happen, but I can guarantee you, as you ask God to light a fire in your life and launch you out into our city and our world to make a difference, he will do amazing things. That's what we saw him do through our children, our youth, and our adults. It was a phenomenal experience. So thank you for whatever way you participated in this amazing week to help God's love come to life through each and every one of us. My challenge is that we let this be a booster shot for us as a church, and we let this be a lifestyle that we live every single day, because it matters. Knowing Jesus and making his name known by loving other people will change our world. I want to introduce someone to you who's played a vital part and served in many different capacities. You've already heard her lead the children's music team. Please welcome Christine Cartwright to the stage as she shares a little bit about Serve Week. Good morning. My name is Christine Cartwright, and this was the first time that I was able to participate in Serve since my family and I moved here back in 2011. And I had the privilege and the honor of getting to serve in an area that I'm extremely passionate about, and that is teaching kids about music and worship. And I had an awesome time getting to worship with them this week. And I wanted to share with you one of the stories of our week. And that was when I got to take the Purple Team to the Golden Living Nursing Facility here in Muncie. And we were able to sing for two groups of residents there. And not only was it awesome because the kids were able to communicate the love of Jesus to the residents through the songs, but... After we were done singing, the children were able to talk with the residents a little bit. They also handed out these cards that the kids made throughout the week. And what was really neat was seeing the look of surprise and awe and wonder that these residents had when they got the card and then they opened them up and they read the sweet messages that the kids had written in there and saw the pictures that the kids drew saying that we love you, we're thinking about you, we're praying for you, and Jesus loves you. And seeing that, and not only getting to see that, but also some of the employees that we were able to share these cards with is something that I will take with me for the rest of my life. It was such an awesome experience. And that's the neat thing about serve is that you don't have to just serve with kids. You can take an area that you are really passionate about and you can plug into that area and really make a huge impact. If you like to bake, they bake cookies all week. 
and these cookies smell phenomenal. If you like to do garden and landscape type work, they have a place for you. If you love tech, we have some amazing guys that were running video and audio and sound so that our kids and our youth could have these amazing worship experiences. If you love babies, they have babies you can rock. And you can rock them as long as you want. <laughs> if you love giving first aid and helping out in that way, I was a recipient of that this week because I had a scratch that needed a Band-Aid. We have a place for you. If you love leading kids in a small group, we have a place for you. I had the opportunity to get to know one of our guy leaders of a small group, and he is a special education teacher. But he was off for the summer, and so he took the opportunity to be involved with Serve so that he could be involved with his son. So we have a place that you can plug into depending upon what you're passionate about. And so my challenge for you is if you haven't served in a capacity in Serve or in the church in a while, I would ask you, go to God. Ask him, you know, what am I passionate about? What is something that I feel like I'm good at that I can come in to serve and I can plug in and make an impact? And once he kind of leads and guides you in that, don't hesitate. Take the step of faith and act and do it. Because if you do, not only will you have these awesome memories that you will cherish for the rest of your life, but you will be a changed person. I guarantee it. Thank you so much. One of the things you heard Christine just say is there's a part and a place for every single one of us in service. That statement is very true of Serve Week. It's also very true of the DNA of Union Chapel. If you haven't plugged into serving in some way beyond this five-day adventure we call Serve, we would love to help you do that. If you have questions about that, you can contact our office. You can stop by the information booth. You can leave us a note on your yellow communication card. We will do anything we can to help you find a place where your gifts and passions intersect with the needs of people in our church and in our city. And it makes a difference as we step out. So maybe you've been motivated in some way to extend beyond Serve Week or maybe to get involved in service here in the church and the city. And that's our goal, that God would continue to use us as his hands and feet to make his love come to life. We put together what we call the Serve Wrap-Up video for you. So take a quick look at this and see what all God did this week. the people who are 
Send us out. Send us out.